Welcome to Destination History, where we tackle interesting and fascinating places and take a stroll through the history behind them. Today's destination takes us to a very interesting corner of the world. Perched on a cliff, this destination proved incredibly difficult to enter. Just ask our main character and he'll tell you. Come and discover this unique destination that holds so much history and ingenuity. Join me as we take a look at today's destination, Pradyama Castle. Our castle today has been described as an impregnable medieval marvel. And so it should. It literally sits in the middle of a cliff, a 123 metre high cliff, and has sat there for over 800 years. So back when Pradyama Castle was built, Comfort wasn't really at the forefront of the builders' minds. They were more worried about safety and not being killed by invaders. So what better place to build a castle than halfway up a cliff? No one's going to be able to get to you up there. Just a mere nine kilometres from the Slovenian town of Postonia, the name of Predjama Castle quite literally translates to the castle in front of the cave. And as one of Slovenia's most popular castles, it usually sees thousands of tourists stop by every year. The castle itself doesn't look like your typical castle. It doesn't have any crenellated towers or interior decorations or really any refined details to it at all. But the white walls of the castle really do contrast nicely with the black cliffs, giving it an almost surreal feeling as it comes into view. The castle is first found in historical writings of 1274, where it was mentioned in relation to the German family name of Luke. Now, the owners of the castle were the patriarchs of Aquileia, but they gave the castle to the Luke noble family, who really made the castle their own by expanding and fortifying the castle where it was needed. Originally, the castle was built bit by bit throughout the 12th century, but the castle was practically rebuilt a couple times through the ages that what we see today is actually from the 16th century, but we'll discuss that a little bit more later on. The original architecture, though, was pretty much primarily in the Gothic style. And why not? The whole damn place is almost lifted directly out of a Gothic novel. But much like any Gothic novel, our hero is about to enter the story and really make things interesting. What's a hero without a war against the Habsburgs and a year-long siege? We're about to find out. As we already know, the castle was built at the mouth of a cave, halfway up a cliff. This was pretty smart because it meant that the castle had a cave world right behind it. Imagine that, a cave for a backyard. And our hero, a rebellious knight, who drew parallels with Robin Hood, i.e. robbing the rich to give to the poor. Ezrim of Predyama would use this cave and its hidden entrances and exits for his expeditions. Ezrim, or Erasmus, was a member of the Luga family, possibly the same ones as the Lug family in those historical writings. And after gaining a fair bit of land and power, he actually became quite a well-known robber baron in the Predyama region. The castle was very well equipped for sieges or invasions of any kind. 
There are holes in the ceiling of the entrance tower purely for the purpose of pouring boiling oil down onto the heads of intruders. And in the very dark and dank dungeon, a chest full to the top with treasure was found. The chest was discovered as recently as 1991, but it's believed to have been sitting there since the 16th century. So, booby traps? Check. Hidden treasure? Check. What more does a gothic castle need but a terrific hiding spot for our hero? And that is exactly what Ezrim's nook is. A little spot in the cave that was perfect for a robber baron to hide out while his enemies were looking for him. The legend about our knight Ezrim goes a little something like this. So, when the Hungarians were fighting with the Austrians, Ezrim supported the Hungarian cause and had aligned himself with King Matthias Corvinus of Hungary. But after the commander of the Imperial Army of Frederick III, the Holy Roman Emperor, had insulted a deceased dear friend of Ezrim's, the robber baron was forced to kill him in order to avenge his friend's honour. And because the commander was a relation of the King of Austria, well, now we really have a war. So, with the Austrians after him, Ezrim went and hid in his castle that was built specifically for keeping unwanted peoples out. So he holes up in Predyama Castle and Frederick's army is sitting right outside with the clear intention of starving Ezrim out. But the Austrians did not know about the secret passageway courtesy of the cave that allowed Ezrim to come and go from his castle as he pleased, allowing him to continue his Robin Hood-like deeds and to tease the sieging army at the same time. So while the Habsburgs of Austria were sitting out the front of the castle waiting for Ezrem to give up, Ezrem's escaping out the back, living his best life. To the Habsburgs' astonishment, Ezrem lasted a year, a very comfortable year, I might add. Now the siege started in 1484, and obviously the Austrians were unable to gain access to the castle. To make matters worse, Ezrim mocked his attackers, reportedly showering them with fresh cherries, obviously ones he had found while out on one of his adventures. Completely baffled as to how he had access to fresh cherries after being inside a stone castle for who knows how long, the Austrians were starting to get, understandably, incredibly frustrated. According to legend, that is perhaps just slightly unfounded, one of Ezrem's servants had had enough of this ridiculous siege, and he betrayed Ezrem by telling the Austrians that the only bathroom that Ezrem used was in quite a vulnerable spot, a spot that they could hit with a cannonball and end this whole ridiculous thing. And so, once Ezrem has to go, the servant gave the signal and a cannonball was sent, ending Ezrem's life. Now, while Ezrem was alive, we know that he took full advantage of that cave for a backyard. The cave itself is actually massive. It's four floors high and is decently long as well. In fact, it's the second longest cave in the country. And all four floors are connected to each other one way or another. The only two spots that aren't connected are what's called Ezrem's Hole and Ezrem's Passage that can be found on the top floor. It's believed that the cave and all its tunnels is about 14 kilometres, so it's no Paris catacombs, but it's also not what I would call a short stroll either. Archaeologists have actually found that the cave behind Predyama Castle has actually been used and inhabited by humans 
from as early as the Stone Age. Now, that's a pretty decent amount of time and perhaps suggests that those early people could also see the advantage of such a well-placed cave with useful entrances and exits. Romans have also been found, or at least remains that date back to Roman times. They were found in a section of the cave called the Stables, which very conveniently was at the entrance to the cave. And the Cave of Names houses signatures that were scratched in the walls way back in the 16th century, possibly by those who helped rebuild the castle. So it's pretty clear that the cave has been a popular one throughout time, and has probably seen far more than we know. Like all great places, Pradyama Castle has had its time on the big screen. Several films and even documentaries have been filmed at the location. A big one was The Armour of God, a kung fu film filmed in 1986, starring none other than the amazing Jackie Chan. Reportedly, the castle has been an inspiration for George R.R. Martin in his books. You can come to your own conclusions about which castle has Predyama roots. And, of course, the Discovery Channel's Ghost Hunters International visited in 2008, reportedly finding the castle to be chock-full of ghosts. Like I mentioned before, the castle has been reconstructed a couple of times over the centuries, and not just little bits here and there, I'm talking full, complete reconstructions. So the original Gothic facing that Ezrin would have seen has long been gone, and if you visit today, you'll find something more akin to a Renaissance-style facade. So there were two big rebuilds of the castle. The first was after the significant damage the castle experienced as a result of the siege that good old Ezrem put the thing under. At the beginning of the 16th century, we're talking very early 1500s, the Perkstahl family found themselves in possession of this very unique castle and so rebuilt it. But unfortunately, not too long after the castle was rebuilt, there was a massive earthquake in 1511, which once again destroyed the newly completed marvel of architecture. The castle just kind of sat there for about 60 years. I suppose if you think about it, taking on a destroyed castle and living in it is a pretty big ask. But Baron Philippe von Kobenzel was up to the challenge and in 1570, he set about rebuilding the castle with a whole new look, a little more renaissance. Once the castle was complete, it did pretty well. As the centuries came and went, it changed hands a couple of times, but as 1945 approached and the World War receded, the castle ended up being turned over to the Yugoslav authorities, when the country formed part of Yugoslavia, and the castle became a museum, which... I think is the best thing a medieval castle can be turned into. Since the 1990s, work has not stopped at the castle. The aim has been to restore and renovate the castle so that it is as close to how it looked once Cobenzel had finished the reconstruction and was living in the castle full time. But since 2007, the castle has been managed by the company Postonska Yama which has actually won awards for its management of Predyama Castle, and since a new owner came along in 2010, it has actually really improved the overall experience of visiting the cave. Pretty impressive. And even better is that some of the items you see in the castle are actually owned and on lease by the Nochanska Museum in Postonia. So, 
You know, getting the castle looking spick and span is the job of a tribe. Now, when you go to visit the castle yourself, you have the choice of visiting the interior of the castle and the cave separately. Definitely do both. The castle itself actually has some pretty cool exhibits going on. There's a medieval torture chamber, of course, and a lot of the rooms look pretty similar to what they would have looked during the medieval ages. You can even see the pipes that were installed into the cave rock. These pipes are actually really useful. They provide water for the use of the castle. But because this water is coming off the rocks, like most water on the European continent, it's crystal clear. Now, all of this information and more is expertly included in the audio guide. So no stress in having to remember this little episode. And if you find yourself visiting the castle in July, keep an eye out for the medieval tournament they hold every year. Now that would be an exciting experience. And now to the cave. Visitors can relive what it would have been like throughout the siege. They can see how the knight Ezram would have made his escape to complete his daring deeds. One thing to keep in mind though is that the cave is actually inhabited by bats and is closed while the bats hibernate. So the cave is actually only open to visitors from May through to September. So plan accordingly. And because of the bats, there's no lighting in the cave. Of course not. This is an authentic medieval cave. And all visitors given access to the cave are also given a flashlight in order to find their way. Now, make sure you book ahead if you're after a tour. And if you're really hardcore and want to go spelunking, you definitely need to book. And no need to bring your own gear, you can hire whatever specialist equipment you need when you get there. Much like the catacombs in Paris, there is a pre-approved route for tourists. This route is a mere 700 metres long and shows you some classics such as the stables, the cave of names, the great hall, the main passage and the exit of the cave that the daring Ezram used all those centuries ago. So what are you waiting for? Once those airlines open up again, book your ticket to Slovenia and experience the intrigue and peer through the Renaissance to the Gothic and see what living in a medieval castle would have been like for yourself. If you had fun and feel as if you learned something, give us a subscribe and a review. And even if you didn't learn anything or even like us, give that button a click anyway. You can find us by searching Destination History in all your major social media platforms, podcast providers, and Google. When you subscribe, you'll get an update for any new episodes coming your way so you won't miss out on any exciting destination historical content. As always, all links spoken about, images, resources used, and way more can be found on our website at destinationhistorypod.com. And if you have a building, place, or area of significance that you would like to learn more about, shoot through an email or a message and I'll cover it in its very own episode here on Destination History. See you next episode.